hey guys, as you notice, the music is not playing. Uh, I'm going to talk about something a little heavy. Um, if you want to skip ahead to the music to get to our fun football stuff, uh, no, no issues here. Um, but on Super Bowl Sunday, um, my mother passed away. Um, Mary D.C., uh, born August 18, 1945, um, in Galway Island, Ireland. Um, she, she, she was one of the most stubborn, tough, um, people you'll ever meet, um, and in all the right ways, um, when she was 16, her father was over here, um, sending money back to Ireland for the family, and she came over when she was 16 and just lived here. Um, I don't, I, I can't imagine what it felt like to be a girl in Ireland, um, and then coming to New York City and just living here. Um, she had four children, you know, me and, and Brian, but she had two other sons. Um, she did everything for us, you know, um, she would often have multiple jobs just so uh, we ha would have the money for me to play in, like, PAL basketball or uh, to do the football dues, the $50 to play football for the year um, and, like, get me the proper footwear that I would need for that. And, you know, and then somehow, even though she would be working sometimes three jobs, um, she always got me to my practices and to my games and, like, I never missed any of that because <laughs> that's, I mean, that is what she was about. She never let people down. Um, you know, one of her many jobs she did for a long time was a, a school bus driver. And uh, she would leave um, our house at like five o'clock every morning <laughs> to go um, start up her bus and drive kids around all day. And then after she dropped them off in the school in the morning for multiple schools, cause she did the whole school district, she would go to this elementary school and, um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and she was, uh, she did multiple roles at the school, um, including, um, administrative, assistant which she would you know do announcements in the morning and, and like when kids came in um she did all that stuff and then during lunches she was the she was the lady who uh gave the lunch tickets to to kids and um that needed them and stuff like that and you know also she was at that time <laughs> working as a uh special <clears throat> Um, uh, she was working, um, in a special education room. I'm sorry, that's not what the current, um, title is, but, um, she loved those kids. She, she took care of those kids. They, you know, all the challenges I know, um, you know, and she, she took care of them and like, she never, she never really complained about it. 
she would get mad if like the parents if she felt the parents weren't doing a good enough job but she was never angry that like the kids had an episode or uh they were specifically tough or whatever she she um i i had to write the obituary for her and i wanted to write it a certain way but then i realized it doesn't really play <laughs> to that group of people but um maybe if you know me and how i like saying stuff <laughs> Um, I would say she was fiercely empathetic. Um, if there was a if there was a person she felt was needed help or needed understanding or needed um, compassion, she was the first one there. And if you were gonna ever be on the wrong side of that, you know, God bless you, because you know, she wasn't gonna put up with it all five foot one hundred and seven pounds of uh irish irish heritage um you know she's so tough and so caring you know the one one story i kind of remember as clearly as possible was um one of these uh one of the children had a lot of issues and like you know she wasn't meant to be on this earth for a long time and, um, so she was in and out of hospital frequently, uh, for surgeries and she had every type of issue. Um, and like, she was really excited to graduate from elementary school <laughs> and right like the last week before she had to go in for another surgery. So she wasn't going to be there for her <laughs> graduation. Um, So after she graduated, so after the day they they had the graduation ceremony, um, my mom, not as like an employed thing, not like she was getting paid for it, she went to the hospital with all of her um, graduation hat and and uh, garments or whatever like that. I'm just forgetting what all the words and the the grad the diploma and brought balloons, and brought everything into this little girl's hospital room, and, um, that's what she was, she, that, she would go that way, um, uh, so that, you know, that's the extent of, uh, that's some of it, I mean, she's got endless stories, like, I, I, she was the bus driver in my school district, and, so every kid I went to high school with that I'm like, I didn't go to elementary school. They knew my mom and they loved her and they were like, she was always known as Mrs. Ducey and you know, everybody thought she was cool and great. And I think it was just they disrespected that she was kind of a, a tough, tough, uh, person. Um, you know, you know, and then she worked so hard, and um, as she was uh, getting ready to retire, that's when the, the dementia showed up, and, uh, you know, just having all these memories of the last couple of weeks, I just, I just remembered, um, like, how unfair it is that when she was at the time when she should have had the most freedom to relax and enjoy her life, it was 
it was her ability to enjoy it was being pulled away by this awful, awful disease. Um, you know, all, you know, me, Brian, and, and uh, her other brother, um, we tried all our best. Um, it was, it was a hard disease. It was a hard disease on us. It was a hard disease on the people who loved us. Um, cause you know, we have the natural genetic guilt of anything. Um, but for us to watch this with our mother, not being able to do anything like, um, I do think, you know, she had some depression issues throughout her life and I'm, I'm, I'm insanely of the things that I don't say I'm proud about stuff a lot. I'm proud of actually I'm proud of this league, but I'm I'm proud of what me and my wife and Brian and his, and his kids and, and we were all able to come together and we got her to be happier. Um, you know, she lived with me and my wife for three years, and you know we were able to get her laugh and and smile and crack jokes, which was not a common thing for her because she was so tough, but. Um, I really think those three years in in a way were some of her happiest and I, you know, that means something. Um, and it was, it was hard. Like it was just hard. I wish, I wish the disease wasn't there and it was just us having laughs and not having to worry about like, will she remember this or um, anything like that. Um, and then at the end of three years, uh, we had to put her in um, a facility, um, a assisted living facility, and uh, that was hard. Um, those places are hard to visit. Because um, it's just, it's just pain. Um, I don't want to get into that, but I do want to talk about you know, that was one year before COVID happened. Um, and then COVID happened. And um, I think in general, what I would say is um, I felt privileged during COVID in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I never wanted to speak up because as soon as COVID hit, I was able to work from home remotely. So I missed a little bit of time here and there just because of workflow. But we were not, and my wife, the same situation where we were not dramatically hit by the initial wave of COVID. Um, and we were able to keep living our lives and we never had to put our own safety at risk. So I didn't, I didn't want to... <laughs> be a loud obnoxious person talking about this or that because that was at the time and uh, as time passed I realized um, I should have I don't know if I should as time passed I realized I should have been talking about the thing that really bothered me about this COVID was that we had you know they had a lockdown that whole assisted living facility because everybody's at risk so when people like dickhead Aaron Rodgers talk about they're healthy is what they're saying is 
everybody over the age of 65, fuck them. They can die. I don't care. And he can say whatever he wants, but he got COVID. And if he would have went to the same restaurant that I would have taken my mother, he could have passed it on to her and fucking killed her. Um, you know, that's the truth. That's, and it was so painful to not be able to visit her in person because dementia is such a hard disease and she was so far along that like if you weren't in the room right in front of her you couldn't talk to her we had these ipad phone calls but she didn't she didn't understand how ipads worked and that anger built up in me and you know that's that's the place where i put my anger that's why um darren rogers stuff bothers me so much that arrogance of of telling people who've fucking my mom drove thousands and thousands of kids to schools to uh high school sports games uh band band bands to band competitions in the high school uh drove tons of special needs kids around um Aaron Rodgers decision these people's decisions were based on based on the idea that those people had their chance to live life. Fuck them. There's no other way of looking at it, for, as far as I'm concerned. That's why I'm not um, ever going to be off it. Um, so, you know, the first... I guess that was like the first nine months, and then every time that there was a spike, um, they shut down visits there at that facility. And, um, again, you guys can skip forward. Um, I just want to talk about this. Um, I uh, I will say just why I feel this is important uh, to the league, or not actually important, but just why it's relevant to the league is, you know, a lot of the work that was put into this league was next to her um, when I was writing up the Constitution or updating draft picks or uh, updating whatever Google Docs we were doing, a lot of times it would be in my mom's room because she would be up for 20 or 30 minutes of time and sleep. And so, like, I'd either be watching a movie with her or watching... Uh, she liked Two Broke Girls, so we would have that on at time to time. And I'd be, you know with her and then when she dozed off I would work a little bit on the league and then she woke up I engaged with her more but you know she was a part of this league in, in a minor little way and uh, um, I can't I can't I can't tell everybody how much she means to me I know everybody has their mom but um, everything good I've learned is from her and um I'm you know somebody asked me knowing who I was like how does this how does this affect you watching the football moving forward and I you know it was enough time after that I was able to go you know it it's it's good because I've always thought of the Super Bowl is somewhat of a holiday, and uh, now it's an opportunity to take a moment and remember my mom and remember 
how much effort she put into taking care of me, helping me um, get into sports and playing sports and my, my supporting all of that. And I, I now have this day that I can remember her for. Um, so, you know, if don't, I am, you know, as I've mentioned several times, I'm very Irish here. So I, what I would say is you don't have to send any condolences to me, but um, tell the people in your, in your life you love them. You know, just send them a text, make a phone call, just reach out, make sure they know. Because um, even if, even if, if it's not like their life ending, I don't, I don't know if um, I'm happy with how much I was able to convey to my mom how important she was. So don't miss that opportunity. Um, I'm also, I'm recording this after we do the podcast. Uh, so um, I talked about something fun we can do and we could uh, donate some money. Um, basically, I will be willing to take your side on whatever argument you want me to um, with a $10 donation uh, to the Alzheimer's Association. I didn't mention the organization at the time, but the link will be in there. Um, um, the, uh, the gist would be, it's explained in the podcast. You can listen on. Um, all right. Now, Love you guys. Thank you for being a part of my life. And uh, now on to the show. Welcome, welcome to the No Bad Dudes podcast, and we are officially in the off-season. Super Bowl's passed, and we are back. I am your co-host, Brad Anderson, proud owner of Loser 2021. I am joined by... Eamon Ducey with the Gnarly Sacks. And Eamon, it's... The third season, I guess, right? It's the we have the regular season, the second season, and now the postseason, and then now the off season, which is you know maybe not as active as a regular season, but still plenty of stuff to talk about, plenty of little nuggets dropped along the way as we move our way through free agency and the combine and the draft, and then right back into uh, training camp. So. Um, how are you feeling? How are you feeling after the season's over? You know, the Super Bowl, my opinion, was kind of boring. Um, how are you feeling about football and, and, and the future of the league, our league, um, now that we're kind of done with 2021? Uh, well, I'll start big picture because I was thinking about this today because there were I heard somebody talking about how 
the XFL and the NFL are partnering. Um, what I'm guessing has happened is there's probably no monetary uh, thing going back and forth, but if the NFL takes any rules from the XFL, they'll just acknowledge it. Um, and I did, I did see the kickoff, th- the kickoff from the XFL, which I think is is a very cool thing. I don't, have you seen that before? No, I haven't. So basically, all the players, so the the kicker kicks it off from the normal place, but the the team on the kickoff team, I think they're to like the thirty yard line, and then everybody except for the returner is on the twenty yard line for the receiving team. And like it's supposed to, re- it, it it reduced injuries in the NX- XFL. So the question is, there all those guys are a little bit smaller and a little bit s- slower. So, but I do think like as somebody who is a big fan of the making the game safer, um, I know whenever I watch football with some people, they get very upset when there's like a hit, and I'm like, no, that that should be outlawed. Um, yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always the strategy person in football. I love watching a play. I love watching them design a play. So if there is, like, minimal stuff, I, I I hope they can do it to make the game safer in general. So, like, that – but I also saw, like, they showed, you know, there there's trick plays out of that kickoff formation, and so there'll still be returns for touchdowns. So, you know, it's nice to see that part of, like, the big picture part of it. Um, and as far as the league goes uh, – you know, it's it's all fun. I think I'm hoping we'll get to the point where we actually do start doing some like early off season trades. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe this will be maybe like having this thread, the pod thread. Um, you know, because we do like drop ideas, kind of. You know, oh, if I was this manager, I would be looking over here. So maybe this could be a buoy for that. Yeah, I mean, like for example. Um, I, I don't know if I have a better example than where I'm at with a player that will probably come up later in the podcast, but like Elijah Mitchell, if you mm-hmm. are like, I'm definitely nervous that they'll either sign another back or draft somebody to third out again. Um, so if you really believe it's worth it, maybe you you come a little early and you're like, well, I'll give you a tough round pick for him right now. And I'm not saying I would do that, but like, it's, it's the time where you can buy stuff really cheap probably from players who are like in those dicey, like unsure if this is going to be worth it type of players, like maybe Calvin Ridley, um, which will also come up later. Um, you know, as we talk about this, I think a pod that we could put in, um, because I, I've, I've always struggled with it and guys listening, let me, let us know in, in the, you know, in the Slack channel, I, I struggle with draft math. You know what I mean? Like it, cause we're in the off season and we're not necessarily doing player for player right now. Like what is a first, like this player and a 12th round, like you're like, what is that actually? What's the, if you put them on the, the scales, like what is that worth? I, I just never know. And so I never know if I'm, winning a trade with draft picks or losing a trade with draft picks. Um, I guess there's probably some philosophy built into that personal philosophy, but um, I too hope that there's kind of some activity uh, within the league uh, in this off season, just to like, you know, I, I feel like if one comes up, one trade happens, 
there might be like two or three that happen right after that because people get plugged in for a little bit and then you know plug out or yeah plug out i guess um what do you what do you uh what do you think about big picture and uh a big picture um well you know like we'll, we'll kind of get into this i i am as you know in the league it's we've talked about it many times uh you know i'm kind of not an agent for chaos but i'm an agent for like change like i like when things are changing I like when things are moving that's probably why i do trades that you know you know it's like oh who cares if these two players but like i like that so uh i i really hope that the the league like new teams new faces we're talking about that today but um the yeah just some new quarterbacks find new homes and maybe some uh teams get re-energized uh get a like a new like injection of uh players that make them contenders and like so it's not uh so there's like something like there's some um propulsion going uh throughout the uh uh, off season and into the draft and all that stuff. So I, I hope that there's some kind of big swings. Uh, and then I'm also just excited for like kind of smaller, smaller ones that uh, could end up being key additions. Uh, so yeah, like new places, new faces, new faces in new places, I, I guess I should say. So that's big picture. And then in the league. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I hope that like, over the off season, um, you know, it's good to get like away from the league and then kind of come back in and like, it's good for a respite because we have, it's can be so intense <laughs> during, uh, in season stuff, but like that we get to come back together and like, you know, rag on, you know, draft picks or like cheer on draft picks or, and like talk about the combine, just like little, uh, little touch points. Um, throughout the off season. Uh, I, I do as much as, you know, during the season, my phone's buzzing all the time with, with Slack and it can be like, okay, I've got to turn off the notifications for Slack. <laughs> Otherwise my wife will go crazy. Um, it's nice to see uh, just a friendly reminder of the guys in this league and how everybody's doing. Um, so like just ho hopefully this year, more than other years, there's, there's not such a huge gap in communication um, throughout the year. We never talked about this, but uh, what did you think about the MVP um, award? I'll, I'll start um, with after. Uh, Aaron Rodgers getting it. Is that what you want me to? Yeah. Do you think that, that was who you would have given it to? Um, probably. I mean, I might have given it to Brady. Um, I might've, you know, I think that there are, I don't know someone who had like a much better season and like standout season. Um, you know, I was really thinking at the beginning of the season that it was going to be Kyler. Um, but I mean, it's too bad. You, they don't, they just, they should just include the playoffs. Um, just because it doesn't happen like a day before or the day before the, the Super Bowl or something like that. Well, yeah, they have the award ceremony before the Super Bowl because nobody yeah. used to care when they would announce it like late. Yeah. 
Um, as you take a drink, I will. I will yeah. say it is one of the worst um, awarded ones, and this isn't just purely like Aaron Rodgers hate. Like, there's no metric he was valuable in, uh, like other than just like a standard QB. Um, like, if you want to do the advanced metric stuff, he was like two and a half games over replacement level, which is like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. Um, if you do the basic counting numbers, he was 10th in yards. He was uh, tied for fourth with three other quarterbacks. So, like, he's arguably seventh in touchdowns, and he was closer in touchdown totals to um, Kirk Cousins instead of uh, Tom Brady. You know, I think I think this was one of those years that, like, because he loves to do it. It was his, like, he was, once that guy said, like, hey, I'm not going to vote for this guy who, like, holds his whole team over the barrel and can't sign free agents because, like, he's threatening not come there. So why would a veteran free agent want to go there on a cheap deal if, if Rodgers isn't going to be there? Um, like, I just, I think it was supposed to be Derrick Henry's year. He got mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I, I think Brady deserved it this year by all the kind of metrics because he was leaders in all the stats and then all the advanced ones. Um, but I think also if you were just looking for a narrative and I understand that Stafford was flawed, but I think Stafford, you can make a great argument for cause you know, yeah, I mean, elevated Cooper cup to be the person who got the MVP vote. I was going to jump in there too, to say like it of the years, you know, like as you were talking, it kind of, you know, my mind is like of the years, like for a non a quarterback to get it i know that it's almost always a quarterback but like cooper cup uh i don't see why he like it, it could have been a year that if they reached he had a, a historic year and um ha- having him win it to cap the the year would be really cool and i don't i think people would have been like eh, he's not a quarterback and yeah, how can you take it away from aaron Rodgers or tom brady but it's like that season was so incredible and sustained and consistent um it would have been kind of cool to see him get it but they give him like the silver medal by giving him you know offensive player of the year so i mean i mean brady brady had 1200 more yards and six more touchdowns like they both won yeah. the vision i don't know i'm looking at yeah. the records right now like it's it's pretty absurd that uh um that he got such of a, a vote like if it was like he got 23 votes cooper cup got like four or five and then brady got 20 and you're like okay i guess that's how it works but um that it just seems like he did what kind of like all jerks do is like make it about themselves and it's like if you vote again if you vote for anybody besides me you're cheating the system it's like dude you had a very mediocre season You've had one good year in five or six years. Like, you've become a B plus quarterback for the last six or seven years. And the other yeah. thing that I, that I'm kind of you know again, you know, I guess you'll hear more and more Green Bay people saying you know not liking Aaron Rodgers, but um, I'm I'm just kind of tired of the oh he doesn't have anybody right. Like, you look at like Brady and you look at uh, Rodgers, and you it's like. It, Devontae Adams is a top three wide receiver. You know, you know, people would argue he might be like one or two, right? And better than, you know, 
probably better than Mike Evans. I, I guess if you put Mike Evans with Aaron Rodgers, how much better does he get? I don't know. But then you have like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And I, like th- these are like valuable weapons, like super valuable weapons that would start in, in other people's backfields. So it's like, I just don't get the argument that, and I'm like t- tired of the, oh, they never gave him anything. It's like, they gave him great, great weapons. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm so tired of that, like excuse for Aaron Rodgers. And they got the they, same record in a tougher division. Like, yeah. Like well, New Orleans at least was above 500. Atlanta was seven and 10, but like other than Minnesota going eight and nine, everything was a trash fire in, in the North. Yeah. And the other, like, the other thing with, like, Rodgers is he's always, like, people say, oh, he elevates. He always elevates these people. It's like, well, what if he's just, like, getting them in their prime? And, like, maybe, just maybe, um, you know, the Packers are good at player development. And they have just kind of like the Steelers, they find these wide receivers in the third or fourth round and develop them. Um, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is obviously a part of that, but it's like, they're not scrubs. Like you, you, like who's to say that like, if they draft a first round, round wide receiver, that that guy's going to turn out better than Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or you know, Greg Jennings. So it's like, I, I just like didn't, the uh, Pats draft like Nikhil Harry. I think he's was that their first round draft wide receiver. Yeah, that they did? First round yeah. And is he better than Devonte Adams? No. Like maybe they're so they, well, they they keep complaining that like oh they need to draft a first round wide receiver for the Packers for Aaron Rodgers, but they they do just fine in the with developing those wide receivers, kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and all the guys, they all these like MVSs and Amari Rogers, they're all drafted in the same second and third round. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is taking sixth and seventh rounders and making them right. famous. It's there's a formula. They're like, listen, the second and third tier wide receivers is is very valuable. So like, let's not mess around in the fir- first round because we need to draft cornerbacks. Um, because that's what yes. they do every year. They always but, draft uh, a cornerback. Now that strategy, I don't know how well that's worked out <laughs> over time. Because they, they, you know, especially now with like Zadarius Smith maybe not coming back. Like, will they actually finally draft a pass rusher in the first round? Yeah, um, maybe probably an offensive lineman. But <laughs> it's either like cornerbacks or offensive linemen. Well, yeah, I guess um, they need. Because what Bakhtiari played like one game this year. Yeah, like barely. I don't think he, yeah. he didn't play even like the full amount of snaps so he'll have to you know you probably have to think about replacing him this year or at least getting a competent player that you can put someplace else and then yeah because they got rid of swap it out they got rid of some guys some offensive linemen but okay cool well let's jump into our two main segments uh so today we're going to talk about the first segment is going to be um either like trades that could happen that would impact the fantasy landscape. Uh, We tried to avoid Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the, the marquee things that are happening and Doug liked his second and third level things that could happen and how that would not necessarily will. Yeah, exactly. I think one of mine is probably not going to happen. Anything one of yours probably won't happen either. I think there's a chance that 
both of mine don't have it, but uh, pure speculation, just kind of fun. Uh, and then the second segment that we're going to get into is looking at everybody's keepers um, and who we think they're going to take. And uh, we've each picked three and we'll see if our uh, lists match. And uh, we'll also talk about philosophy and, and how um, potential trades could impact those keepers and then what people's draft boards may start to look like. Um, so let's jump in. So Amy, why don't you go first? and give us one trade that you've seen proposed out there that you see could happen um, that would impact the fantasy landscape. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen it yet, but uh, I I just think it would, even though it's probably somebody who's going to, well, maybe not. Um, so the player is Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a noteworthy player um, as, like, in the history of the NFL of, like, like really being accountable for mental health and how organizations handle it. Cause I think the Falcons deserve um, the utmost respect. Like I, I weirdly have like a, a deep appreciation for Arthur Blank as a owner of a team. Cause he's always like, whenever there's any of this stuff that's somewhat in the middle, it seems like he does the right thing. Um, and what they're, what they've said, I think publicly, or at least through the, the, uh, the sources people is that basically it's like we would like Calvin Ridley back, but we are more than happy to work with him if he feels he needs to go someplace else to to maintain a mental healthy place. So that being said, um, assuming that he leaves Atlanta, I really think there was two places. Um, like I thought the Raiders would be kind of interesting, but then it was like you might be competing with with Darren Waller. So I think the place that like definitely doesn't have a number one receiving option and it makes sense. And there's a young quarterback and it's from Alabama. So you got the Alabama connection. They can get together with Nick Saban. I, I think Calvin Ridley on uh, new England will be a return to like Calvin Ridley, top five fantasy wide receiver stud, you know, double digit touchdowns, 1500 yards. Like I just, I, I think, you know, I think New England, while they get like a rap for not being fun, I don't think there's been a lot of players like, especially like Ocho Cinco or Randy Moss or anybody that people have perceived as like, you know, big egos, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau. Like they bring those players in. I think they take like a, a, a very intelligent, intelligent approach towards it of just like, what kind of personality is this? Okay. How do we make them fit in here? And how do we make them want to come to work every day? and do their best and like you know brady got sick of it after 20 years you know um that's that's amazing like most people get sick of football halfway through the year um so the idea that like you know brady could go see the same coach for 20 years and, and it still works and he still has the passion i think will set up calvin to be great and i think you know he could be the centerpiece around him you know you're setting up those weird tight end screens to eventually just hit the over the top post to Calvin Ridley. And uh, yeah, I, I would be very excited. And, you know, if he ends up in new England and Willie wants to move off him, I, I, I'm willing to listen, buddy. Yeah. So uh, I, I have seen that trade kind of, or like I've seen um, his name come up in, in articles and another landing spot for him. Interestingly enough is um, with another Alabama quarterback, which is Miami. 
Um, and he would, you know, I think that one of the things that's come up with the discussion around Ridley is, um, you know, he's a good, he's good with somebody, right? He was like, even though he, he had better numbers than Julio or, you know, uh, in certain seasons and like more touchdowns and all those things, um, he was still, it was the tandem that was scary. Right. And uh, so having him with Tua and with uh, Waddle, uh, all Alabama wide receivers, and then with the new coach they have there um, from San Francisco, you know, that's another la potential landing spot that I've, uh, I've read about um, with him in landing the AFC East. That, that scares me tremendously because I think Miami is such a trash fire organization. Um, again, like these organizations that are bad for decades, it's not random. <laughs> like right. even if they have a new owner, it's people who were in there long enough and they're like just embedded. And that's, you know, that's my fear with what's happening with the Giants is that it's may have started turning that way. Just because, like, you know, it it the Cardinals are just going to always turn over. Like, they made the playoffs this year. They took the next step, and they want to fire everybody and get rid of Kyler. It's it's these type of bad organizations. So, like, it's very much could be what happens next year where it's, like, Tua makes the playoffs, but they're, like, he's out in the first round. Like, let's burn it down again. And, like, so, you know, I hope for Calvin Ridley's sake, it's he goes to someplace more st uh, stable. And, I, I you know, I think – you know, I don't know if you saw the Nick Saban talking about passively talking about Henry Ruggs, but I, you know, you really think about those Alabama players and they're all seem to be like kind of these guys who never get in trouble and like there's never like these problems off the field and like even if they have other interests they're they're just, you know, you look at the Den Derek Henrys and the Julio Joneses and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I think Nick Saban probably talks to these guys a lot as pros and just, like, gives them advice, reminds them, like, hey, you're still this humble kid. Like, you can do great. And I do think maybe Nick Saban's probably saying, like, you know, if you do get a choice to play, go play, go to, like, a great organization. Like, you know, I would say Pittsburgh. Like, they don't have a quarterback right now, but, you know, good head coach. It's a steady organization. There isn't, like, a lot of turnover. You'll be able to go in there and do your job and let them know like hey i'm not there today and they won't make it a big deal it won't be like you know the head coach like who's being concerned they'll be fired saying like well calvin ridley won't practice for us like it'll be i think you know i hope that's what's happened with calvin yeah i i would not be surprised if he's on the move and um hopefully you know uh for everyone's sake it's a good landing spot and uh he continues, continues to thrive and get back to his old form. Uh, great. I'm going to jump into my first one, which um, why don't we just talk about uh, the New York Giants? Because uh, you just mentioned them. Uh, and the guy that I drafted to early last year, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon Barkley to the 49ers is one of the things that is going around, which would be, I think, a very exciting thing um, for so many reasons. Uh, you know, this is, again, we'll, as we move forward with the, uh, in the off season and in the draft season, you always hope and kind of plan for uh, with a little bit of hedging, uh, 
that they are healthy. So I'm going to talk about Saquon as a healthy running back in that organization. Uh, he could just be kind of all the backs that they have combined, right? So he, he's got the athleticism uh, of uh, a Mostert. Um, he's got the vision and, you know, he, he's as good of a back as has come into the league in the last five years as there is out there. Um, and I think that Shanahan would finally have like a back that could do things that he hasn't been able to do. Uh, and he could scheme new, new plays for them and having Saquon Debo and Kittle as your weapons and then maybe Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Uh, it could be a very unique, scary offense. Uh, I saw, so Saquon Barkley, I think I texted you about this, Eamon, uh, came to the golf course that I work at. And I've never seen somebody like built the way he is. Uh, he looked like, uh, he had like an hourglass figure, but like with the wide middle <laughs> for the sand to pour through. His shoulders were huge. And his stance was like super wide, uh, just like his walking stance. And like, I, he was taller than I thought he would be. And he was a very nice, like, as you would expect uh, him to be as he, as he portrays himself and presents himself in the media. Um, not a good golfer, but- <laughs> um, Really? I remember yeah. seeing like his rookie before he even played they were showing videos of him on the driving range and he was wearing shorts and like they weren't containing the quads. So I no, don't they, think I paid no. attention to where he was hitting the ball, but it was just, they just had the like head on shot where it's like. So it's always cool when athletes come uh, and play at the golf course, you know, and are on the driving range because most of them aren't good, like good golfers. Uh, there's there's a couple that have come that I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that are good, but just the power and the coordination that they have, that like when it all sinks up, it's like oh my gosh, and they can just they can pound the ball like a professional golfer, um, but as you know, you know there's so much coordination and like millimeters that make a difference in the golf swing, um, so. It doesn't always go in the direction it's supposed to go, but it is hit with a ton of force. And he definitely had that. He definitely had a lot of muscle behind each swing. But uh, anyway, back back to the football side. He is, I think, him going to San Francisco. Uh, and I don't know what they do with Jimmy G. I, you know, there's he's obviously one of the people that they talk about moving um, and that he played his last um, game in the red and gold, but I think having that as your offense is just super scary. And maybe it's time for uh, the New York Giants to see what they can get for him, pick wise, and uh, move off of them if they're really worried about his ongoing health issues. So you're not so you're not concerned about if he pairs up with Trey Lance, it limits a lot of the stuff, uh, the combination of mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks that are set up for pass or for rushing um tend to pass less to their running back and also they end up taking more of the goal line touchdowns so 
it feels like then if if Barkley goes there and he stays healthy, he's maybe like running back ten. Yeah, which so is better than think... every season except for one for him. Yes, so I think that like, and this will get into my other um, my other trait that is you know being bandied. I think that the schemes would get pretty creative. So like, you know, they had Debo in the backfield. So I, I would not be surprised if, you know, they start creating like putting Saquon in like something that's a little less traditional of just the, the power back all the time, or, um, you know, maybe they put two in the backfield and it's Debo and Saquon. And, it, you know, I, I just feel like they could really do some inventive things with all that athleticism. Um, and, you know, Am I like, oh, he gets vaulted to uh, RB1 status? No, but I do think that, yeah, he's he's going to be a guy that, uh, you know, could get spelled by the other running backs and not be the, like, he'd be the RB1 for the team, but there might be a Mitchell that stays on. And, um, you know, he gets some very valuable touches and some plays that are drawn up just for him and his athleticism. And he ends up being like a high-end RB2 and not injured because he's not being like worked the entire time. I mean, the, uh, I'll just say this final point and then I'll, I'll move on to my next player. The, as a Giants fan and as somebody who uh, has seen how like the organization handled, the Eli Manning thing was terrible. <laughs> And I think the one thing about this new GM is, like, he's smart enough to know that, like, the leader of that locker room is Barkley, even when he's hurt. Um, So he would have to be, like, interested in being traded, which he hasn't really come out with. And I think he would probably hint at that a little bit more. Um, So, like, I think he's more of a candidate if the Giants are, you know, 4-8 at the trade deadline or... It's usually much earlier, so like maybe like three and six or whatever. Then he ends up going to a team that just lost a running back and has a chance to play off. So I, I, I would yeah. it would yeah. be it would be gutting of the locker room. Like and then you like if I saw Saquon traded like before the draft, and if I was Daniel Jones, I'd be like, uh oh, because um, I think that's just like rebuild. Like, like we're not even going to pretend we can be competitive. So. Yeah, and another thing too that you know, as I was saying, speaking, listening to you, then listening to you, part of like what makes what made Saquon so valuable in that in that year, and kind of always the prospect of him being very valuable, is that he was a lone back guy. You know, he got so many touches, and then you know it would be like two yards, three yards, two yards, three yards, eighty. <laughs> you know, like he would have these big breakout runs. Um. So maybe it wouldn't work if he was getting spelled. and Maybe he needs that consistency to get his rhythm. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, they would probably put him out wide too. Like, yeah. have Debo in the backfield and him wide. And, like, Just confused. Trying to confuse, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is your number two trade? So part of this is like, this is, you know, this is like, this is part of what we're talking about is what we want that we can be affected by whether it's a player we can draft or maybe it's it, it's it's a a player if he changes location it ruins the fantasy value of another player who's a great keeper for somebody. So 
This is a three-parter. Um, in the way Ooh. I think it will affect. The player moving, I don't think I will change one bit how I think about the player if this happens. Um, but Kirk Cousins to the Carolina Panthers would be so interesting because, you know, I had DJ Moore two years ago or whatever, and, like, I literally never had planned to draft him. I, I have, like, a bunch of guys in the first two or th- three or four rounds, like, I never draft. I'm like, I'm not going to get them. And, like, I was at the end of the third round, and DJ Moore was, like, up there, and, like, ten wide receivers behind him were drafted. I'm like, I guess I'll take him. But I do think if he gets Kirk Cousins, he could not do full Justin Jefferson thing, but I think he becomes a top ten wide receiver. So he's somebody I would think about taking in the second or third round if if Kirk Cousins lands there. But in our league, another really big upside with this, it would crush the value of Justin Jefferson. Because it means they're putting either a rookie out there or they're just putting a veteran in until they can draft a new rookie next year. And, you know, that is part of the game here is, like, having people lose the value of their players. Um, I don't like it by injury, but I'm more than happy if it's if it's uh, by Kirk Cousins uh, going to Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it would also help um, Robbie Anderson, right? So, like, having that, um, you know, that kind of Stefan Diggs, you'd have that with DJ Moore, like that possession receiver who's good at running routes, but then you'd have like an over-the-top guy and maybe he just airs it out to Robbie Anderson every once in a while and probably, you know, just how much Kirk Cousin throws in his offenses. I'm always like, how does he have 400 yards today? He just, <laughs> it's just like, oh, because he threw 50 times. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's, Kirk Cousins, even in Washington, had like regular like didn't have he didn't have the talent he had in Minnesota, but he had often weeks where two of his wide receivers the top twenty, and I think that's a very possible that if everybody stays healthy, JJ Moore could be a top ten wide receiver and Robbie Anderson could be a top twenty four, and I think you know this would also help Christian McCaffrey, um, just like a more accurate passer, so like you could do more angle routes with him, and you know I I think it would be very exciting. Um, it would it would kill Thielen's value too, so Jay would be affected too. But um, and no. you know, I, I think it's very possible. Like I, I don't think it's very possible. That's still this is the trade I don't think is possible realistically. Oh, okay, okay. Because I think Minnesota and the coaching staff says we're gonna roll with it, and it just makes sense to go one more year because his contract ends this year, and it's like they can start over next year. The the only thing would be is like you're not gonna be a top five team with Kirk Cousins top five drafting team with Kirk Cousins playing for you. So, yeah, that was my question is like, why would Minnesota at this point do that? Um, Like, is there, have you seen stuff out there that like they're ready to move with a new quarterback or are they going to like, are they thinking of drafting somebody? Cause I haven't read anything about this, uh, um, about this possible uh, trade. Well, there was kind of rumors in that, and then like yesterday, I think there was like a hot rumor, which I think I think Carolina leaks a lot of stuff, and like people pretend like, and that's why like I don't think it's happening. Like somebody was like, Minnesota and Carolina are maybe talking about this, and I was like, I don't think Minnesota is. Um, I mean, he, you know, Kirk Cousins is, you know, the last two years, you know, whatever people's opinions have been about stuff. Um, 
you know, he's been a loud person, and I wonder if maybe not a loud person. He's he's had his viewpoints, and I do wonder how that affects locker rooms. Like, you know, I think they'll be a little bit overhyped, but I think a documentary about what it was to be in the NFL locker rooms the last two years, in ten years, when people are like feeling comfortable and talking about like, you know, this this her cousin guy is like number one risking passing it on to me number two doesn't care enough about football to get vaccine because whatever the hundreds of millions of people who've been vaccinated isn't enough whatever that, that's not the point but i'm just saying like those type of characters like the aaron Rodgers stuff where it's like is he doing more harm in your locker room harmoniously and you're a new coach and you're like i don't want to deal with that <laughs> i want the smartest hardest working players that never just like they're like team and family and that's it like not trying to make some kind of weird statement but you know and and carolina's desperate so like could you get carolina's first round pick and then have them pay 46 million dollars for kirk cousins i don't know Maybe. so I, I i think i don't know what pick they trade what year pick they traded away for sam darnold i think it was this year's pick yeah i think it was uh, the second this year so they oh, have second. a first and a second <laughs> But they're so, really okay. built to to go for it now, like because they traded a high pick for Gilmore, which I think they could probably franchise. Um, you know, you have these wide receivers. Like how how much longer are you going to keep Robbie Anderson? Um, and I think this can lead into your uh, player. Yeah, like, how long is this guy going to be around? So my my second is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, there's been lots of speculation that they're they could move on from him. Uh, they got pretty good uh, productivity out of Chuba Hubbard. Um, and Christian McCaffrey has now had back-to-back seasons where he's been riddled with injury. So um, one landing spot, you know, this is like, I, I don't like, there's probably a 0.5% chance of both these trades happening. <laughs> the, the Kirk Cousins trade that was uh, presented and the Christian McCaffrey trade. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey to uh, the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, what they said, like in articles that I've read about it, which I think would be very interesting, uh, is they would then send back like a bunch of picks and offload uh, Cole Beasley, which they've been looking to <laughs> get rid of, um, or looking to package in trades because he's got value, you know, as that kind of like little slot receiver uh like has that pretty consistent uh, surety. So um, sending Christian McCaffrey up there for like Cole Beasley and a bunch of picks uh, and having him play that slot role, kind of like we were talking about with Saquon uh, and have him schemed into slot roles, not always working out of the backfield. Um, and sometimes, you know, becoming like that Devin Singletary role but you know obviously with way more talent um so i think that that could be a thing that you know buffalo buffalo looks at and goes what are we missing on our offense uh that could really propel us to be the biggest threat in the afc uh even you know looking at like the chiefs and going like oh now we are kind of uh, on par with them across the board. Um, and we are the the dominant offense. So 
I would love that. Like all of a sudden, like just getting Buffalo players and having like a, uh, a huge, just as many shares of that offense as you can get uh, would be a, an advantage in a, in a fantasy league. Cause I, I just imagine that the numbers would be huge. Yeah, I mean, I think also just moving forward, you know, Buffalo, you know, they're advanced master team, so I don't know. I have a theory. We have a little bit of time to do this. Uh, so I think there is, with this move to mobile quarterbacks, I think smart organizations like Baltimore and maybe Buffalo might be one of these type of teams, um, they might just decide that's the best way to win but we also understand they're not going to be a quarterback at age 34, like the full Cam Newton thing. Um, so I think, you know, I think Lamar Jackson will get one more big contract with Baltimore, but then by age 34, he'll be beat up and, you know, he won't have a normal throw motion because he's just been hit so much. It's, it's like in baseball, when you throw the ball for so many years, it's like, at a certain point, your arm and your shoulder change. Um, and I think just these kind of quarterbacks get beat up, you know, they can get that second contract and they can get, you know, life-changing hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but I think the question with Josh Allen is like, will he ever become a pocket passer? Can you minimize his hits? And one of the places he gets hit the most is on the goal line. So, you know, a McCaffrey could become where I was – it up with Trey Lance I don't I think Trey Lance will hurt whoever's running back next to him I think they might try to really try to find new ways to have people run the ball into the end zone whether it's you know some of their wide receivers maybe Gabriel Davis has a little Debo Samuel and they'll treat him with the trick play stuff but um I do think that yeah I do think at first when you said it I was worried about his upside but I do think maybe that's the trick is that like McCaffrey could get like a 20 touchdown season with Buffalo because they're always going to be in the red zone and, and they might want to hold back on Allen getting hit there. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think we talked about this in our last, in our last pod, but like finding guys that are going to be on winning teams and like McCaffrey on a winning team and a high scoring team, I, I just think produces points. Right. So um, maybe he's not like, you know, the sole guy, you know, with Allen sniping some, uh, you know, goal line work with Diggs, with Dawson Knox, with, you know, whatever Gabriel Davis turns into after that, that showing. Uh, I think that like, if McCaffrey's on a like winning team and he's being utilized, um, I think that that could, you know, put him back into the top five running backs, um, which would be very exciting. Uh, anything else to say on that? No, I think I think that'd be interesting. I mean, I I also think these are all guys who I think might end up being midseason trade type of guys. Um, sure, especially Barkley, but like I could see them trying to roll with McCaffrey, but then they're like. You know, I mean, nobody ever does it, but like, I think who there was a couple injuries years ago. I think like one was uh, on a team, and like people were like, "Oh, they should trade Melvin Gordon to maybe it was the Texans or something." It was some team lost their running back, and it was like, 
San Diego was or Los Angeles was out of it, and I don't know. Um, but it was like, oh, this makes too much sense, and it never happened. Um, so okay, so quickly, uh, I have my answer in my head already for the question that I ask you. So, of those four players that we talked about. Who do you think, not necessarily that the trade is right, that they're going to the right team, but which one of those four players has a new home next year? Which is the most likely, do you think? You mean to start the year? Yeah, to start the year, yep. I mean, I think I think it's Calvin Ridley. Yeah, me too. That's I mean, he's the only say. person who's like, it's kind of like, it's in his court um, to decide that, I think. I yeah, think everybody and... wants to stay. The other three players want to stay, so it's only like if they decide. Yeah, and I also feel like it, it just seems right. I don't, maybe he doesn't end up in New England, but like uh, that it's like at the right time in the um, for the franchise because it's like Matt Ryan's going to maybe get sh- shipped off somewhere to be like a bridge quarterback and they can go to rebuild and get, get some uh, valuable uh, draft equity. Yeah, maybe they can trade like a, a second round and Rondell Moore, more, and then they send uh, Calvin Ridley to uh, Arizona. But again, that's another bad organization, so I don't think that would be good for his mental health. So, yeah. You know, may, maybe the Chargers, like that would be a great place you can kind of like do a year with Keenan Allen and then, you know, Keenan Allen's probably starting to slow down a little bit soon because of all the injuries, but um, that might be a good place too. Because I, I like that coach. I think that coach seems to be a very smart, stable guy. And um, when he's been called to talk outside of football, he's said impressive things. So that might be helpful. Hey, Mundo. Brado. Fellas. After a Brian Flores lawsuit, followed by several coaches being hired, including Brian Flores. A Super Bowl victory by Odell Beckham. Fellas, I hope you guys had the under? Over? Anyway, I hit on a uh, Higgins and Odell Beckham score. We were good for the Super Bowl. Someone, Some people said he was done, but that wasn't me. Baker Mayfield has to be stewing at home. Oh, back to it. Anyway, a Tom Brady retirement. And then some speculation that he might become part owner of the Dolphins. What? Who said that? Another few Jerry Jones scandals. Spicy. And Daniel Snyder in the news for the wrong reasons again. And just like that, fellas, the weekend reactions are back. The No Bad Dudes podcast is back. Hey, guys. Uh... Since being back in New York, where sports betting is legal, I found myself up late at night chasing Hawaii or UCLA or the Arizona Sun Devils. 1-800-HOPE, New York, NY, and me, collision course. So Putin thought he was just going to run into the Ukraine like everything was sweet, huh? The Ukrainian president kind of reminds me of those warrior kings back in medieval times. Anybody ever see Timothy Chalamet in The King? Like that. I love that guy. He's, he's awesome. 
Now Putin is the guy who can't win a fist fight, so he wants to go get his gun. I'm talking nukes. Holy shnikes, this is getting scary. Speaking of bad news, he's gonna have to deal with the Klitschkos. Those Sorry, dudes. I can't search the web. Those dudes don't lose anything. Sorry, that was my Siri getting in the middle of my joke. Speaking of bad news again, also too, you Jackson hired Art Bryles. What the hell is he doing? Looks like the Giants are trying to move Saquon Barkley. Yikes. Aaron Rodgers. Blah, 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 blah. Body cleanse in a cryptic tweet. Blah, 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 blah. You know what the A in Aaron Rodgers stands for? It stands for asshole. Unless, of course, he gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, and then he'll be throwing passes to Waller and Devontae Adams, probably. Who said that? But, you know, you, you know what I mean. Anyway, Black History Month, guys. It's over. So you know what that means. We'll have to wait another year to address the problems with the NFL, ownership, and leadership. Andy Reid says he's surprised that Eric Bieniemy is still a coordinator. The enemy? The enemy. Well, so am I. For all those that care about baseball, looks like they're going to take another hit by not having a season because they cannot come to terms. And you know what that means. You know how much fans hate when, it, when players want to get their money and the players have some power. You know what those fans, you know what they do? They run away from the sport, right? Just like basketball. Everyone's a diva. No one cares. When did everyone become pro management? I would, what's the deal with that? Anyway, you know what that means, guys. That means that football is going to take another step up and further cementing itself as America's pastime. Because you know all America wants is the entertainment. They want their sports. They don't care about anyone else. They just want their release. That means more football, more fantasy coverage, and more chance for our unique podcast to blow up. Just a thought. Maybe some sponsors in your future. I don't know. I'd be remiss if I ended this without some fantasy talk about our league to our champion, Henry. I hope you are enjoying your trophy, my man, because this year, I hope we keep the same divisions. Hint, hint, Eamon. Hint, hint, Brad. Because I'd love for it to come home. Fellas, those the Rican, well, the monthly, or whatever we're doing, reactions. All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment, um, which is we're going to talk about keepers. Uh, we're going to go uh, team by team, and Eamon and I are going to say our three that uh, we think they're going to keep. Is that is that what is think that they should keep? We're going to say who we think they should keep if we were yes, to they should just because right. I do think there's like different um, standards because like, uh, you know, I I was wrong on the Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers thing for Ryan. I th that's the most notable one I remember. I'm like, oh, I'm dead wrong about. And uh, I, I I was wrong that I, I predicted it wrong, but also I was wrong in the fantasy value of, of the two players for their picks. So. Um, you know, that happens, but in this time, like it's too hard to figure that early. So 
And I was thinking the best way to do this, um, instead of either the best or worst, we'll do reverse console or reverse draft order. So the last person who we get to draft will be the first team we go over. So I'll just go over the draft order selection order. Um, I'm number one because I won the loser bracket. I don't know if we ever really specifically went over that, but I won that. Over now. Uh, Ryan finished second, and then Ray, and then Jay, then Brian, Brad, uh, and then we're back. Now we have the playoff teams, Henry the champion, Mike, Frank, Matt, Laurent, and Willie. So we'll start with Willie. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't updated specifically – um, who is actually keepable just because of waivers and stuff like that. But, I, you know, looking at his team, I think some of the ones that you can kind of consider would be Javante Williams, who would be a second-round keeper. Um, Chase Claypool, who will be, um, you know, a fourth-round keeper. Probably not. <laughs> uh, ben Jefferson, who would be ADP plus three. Might be interesting. Uh, Tannehill, he's, a you know, a great keeper. He'll be... Uh, round nine Travis Yantian, um this topic of this type of player will come up multiple times today because people have done that He's uh, he'll be a 16th round keeper which is last round because we'll probably won't have um, that position next year uh, Bateman who's ADP plus three Elijah Moore his favorite he'll uh, uh, be a 5th round keeper Rondell Moore, Julio Jones, none of those are really, I think, in there. So, I don't know, who, who let, pops let, off the page? For me, someone you didn't even uh, mention. Uh, I put three down. I put okay. these are the three that I put down. Uh, one that you didn't mention just in the breakdown there is Calvin Ridley. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, I skipped it. Which know. Calvin Ridley for a tenth? I had him keeping Calvin Ridley for a tenth, Tannehill for a ninth, and Etienne for the sixteenth. It like has no impact on his draft really because all those guys are late round, and um, you know the question really comes in is does he think that Javante Williams is worth a second round pick? Um, and if he says that yes he is, maybe maybe then he has a uh, a decision to make. But that's I thought his was pretty straightforward. Um, I thought that Javante Williams, depending on where he, what slot he gets. Um, because I'd imagine that he's probably going to end up getting something towards the back half. Yeah, like so that means ninth, his, tenth, his yeah ninth, tenth, maybe eleventh, depending on what people do. Uh, so that he's using a pretty high, uh, high pick, second round pick for Javante Williams, unless he can move some stuff around. So that's why I had him going, Etienne Ridley and Tannehill. Yeah, I think it's hard to disagree. I think... So Javante is the only player who... I mean, he could finish top three running back next year. He could do a full Jonathan Taylor next year. Um, he's got the he's got the head coach in there. QB's questionable, but Carson Wentz was the, question, the quarterback for Jonathan Taylor this year. Who knows? He might be the quarterback for Javante Williams. Um, you know, I would... That, that's one of those things where it's going to come down to a hair. I don't like Etienne in, at all. <laughs> I didn't like this strategy. Um, I don't I don't like Doug Peterson with running backs. Um, you know, it being a 16th rounder, I guess that's the part where it's like, I guess it's fine. Um, but I don't, 
I don't feel excited and I feel I'm at a slight disadvantage when I'm using a keeper on a like I have no comfort like nobody knows if he's going to be even good at football or you know Richie Bush was the greatest college football player people saw ever and he struggled for years in the NFL to become relevant um, other than trick plays like where he'd catch the ball 40 yards downfield like he never did anything in the backfield until the back half of his career in Miami and, and Detroit so you know that's what I'd be like I don't feel great about this but you know I think the freebie value of it is probably worth it so we'll mark that down we'll mark those three yeah that I mean that, that was my thought with it too is that like it's kind of a freebie and there wasn't anyone else that really jumped off the page to me um, with like if, if it was Javante Williams in the fourth I'd be like yeah go for it even in the third I'd consider it like but like because it could, might end up being a top 10 second that's why I was like okay Etienne and if Etienne you know does hit uh, and ends up being the RB1 for the Jags um, even in a Doug Peterson offense um, even in Jacksonville uh, he ends up hitting then you have a, a like a three or four year keeper way late in the round so I think it's worth it to like roll the dice I mean the only other thing to talk about a little bit and um, I, I, I would say it depends on if he leaves if he stays in land I'd be a little bit nervous but you know mental health now needs to be discussed like injuries and like are you concerned you know if we if we replace the word Achilles with uh, mental health, like you'd probably be a little nervous about drafting Calvin Ridley and feeling he's going to be there for you every week. So yes. that's the, that's the other thing. Like I don't, we don't have any insight in this because nobody's been public about this stuff before. So it's just something to think about. So yeah, my kind of like comeback on that one is that there's no one else that's really obvious on uh, Willie's. If if um... statements interesting. I think. If Bateman if, overtakes Hollywood, yeah, like Andrews will come back to earth a little bit. Like that touchdown stuff was a little crazy. So if Bateman seems like he's healthy and he's having a good camp, that would be interesting. And Bateman would be ADP the, plus three. Oh, ADP plus three, yes, and he'll probably still be pretty far back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that it might be the same type of pick for Bateman or Ridley, and then you're just like, well, we don't know if Bateman has this issue. So that's the only thing to. Yeah. Discuss. All right. Who's up next? Uh, we're doing Laurent. All um, right. Why don't you you do your breakdown first? All right. So we got Dak. Uh, he would be a third rounder this year. Melvin Gordon, which he was so good. Um, I don't know what you do. Uh, he was drafted in the sixth, so he'll be a fifth. Uh, Gaskin. Uh, he will be a eighth round keeper. Lamb will be, I think, like a. Uh, he'll be a fifth. Yeah. Uh, AJ Green. Um, he'll be a, a 15th. Wow. I mean, not that it's valuable, but uh, it's interesting. Um, nope. Uh, Schultz was a good player this year, right? He's 80. Yep. Plus three. Yep. Yep. Um, he had Rogers, Higby. Higby was late. Eight round. Um, once he. He no. was uh, six, fifth. Sixth, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll keep him. Oh, his boy, Fournette. 
No, he's too early. Fourth round, yeah. I mean, if he if he ran it back with the Buccaneers, like if Brady ran it back with the Buccaneers, yes, I think you would have to consider. It. But uh, you know, oh, yeah. unless unless Russell Wilson goes there or Kyler, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could cuss that. Uh, Bobby Woods, we won't even look up because I just feel bad. His boy Emmanuel Sanders, he's going to draft him because nobody else will, so we don't have to worry about that. He was he'd be eleventh round keeper. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give your your three? Oh, the James right. Murray, but they're dead. He's dead. So I did this partly because it's a fun little package, but also because I think it might be the best way to go. Um, I have him taking Dak, CD, and Dalton Schultz. Um, depending on where Dalton Schultz goes, I think it, Dalton Schultz will probably be pretty late. Um, <clears throat> but he really separated himself and was like the standout uh, tight end uh, for Dallas. So, you know, in this scenario, uh, him taking up, he's like stacking, uh, <clears throat> stacking Dallas all over the place. Um, he would have a first after the, this happened after he used his keepers on Dak in the third CD in the fifth and Schultz, you know, probably around the eighth or ninth, I maybe even later. Um, he would ha- have a first round, a second round, and then not a pick until the seventh round, uh, which is similar to his draft this year. I feel like he didn't have anything for like a big swath and he still managed to pull off a good trade. So um, again, this is another team that uh, doesn't have great keeper value uh, in multiple places. So it was it was pretty easy. Even if I don't love Dak in the third, I think that Dak would go in the early third round in our draft anyways, uh, and to have that stack available with C. Lamb in his third year um, could be pretty valuable. Yeah, I mean, I think Dak would be a first-rounder, like a late first-rounder. Um, All right, there I mean, you go. You know, Mike McCarthy, you know, Dak's numbers and Aaron Rodgers' numbers are identical to when Mike McCarthy coats. And, like, it's it, you're going to get 4,500-plus yards, and you're going to get over 30 touchdowns. Um, so, like, that's good. You know, the rumors with Amari Cooper probably out of town. You know, Maybe go to see- Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, really? Is that the rumor? That's one that I've heard. Oh, my God. I'm not drafting. <laughs> I hate to give away so many tips when I'm already giving insights about how I feel players, but, but like... Save it now, everyone. Drafting. Save it now. <laughs> I can't imagine drafting anybody in Jacksonville next year just because, like, it's just, like... Oh, this is full like Doug Peterson. Like this is gonna be like those things where it's like, wait, how did how did Philadelphia win the Super Bowl with Nick? They won with Nick Foles. <laughs> um, um, but CD Lamb will now probably escalate to a natural one. They'll try to keep Gallup who got hurt, you know. Um, but you know it, it it's very possible that you know CD Lamb and Dawson Schultz will be one and two in targets and um that's not usually great but if that position is tight end that's great like you can't pass up even if it's like you're just so dependent on one team so i i don't i don't think there was anybody else even close uh on a team to really um flip unless you know yeah no i don't even unless brady comes back and says like he's gonna play for tampa he changed his mind yeah Um, i mean fournette was one of the uh one of the picks that catapulted Laurent um, to some 
early to some success in the in the season. It was a good pick. So um, we're agreeing. Should we go to, to the next? Yeah, we are on to your brother, which I think off my head, I feel I know his keepers. But um, so Patrick Mahomes, I think is a yeah, he's a third rounder this year. Uh, Montgomery, no. Michael Carter, who might be interesting, but I probably wouldn't be into him. He would be a ninth round keeper. Uh, his boy Justin Jefferson that we talked about, he'll be a sixth round keeper next year. Um, Terry McLaurin, he'll be an eighth round keeper. Um, Mooney, I think he's ADP plus three because I cut him. Yeah, and I think he picked him up right before the waiver, so I think he'll be ADP plus three. Jared Everett, nope. Uh, Trey Lance, he can keep for a third rounder, which would be interesting. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, he'd be a fifth rounder. Clyde Edwards-Zelaire would be, nope, he was the first round pick. Uh, Herbert, Osborne, I don't think any of those are worth it. Um, so I think it really just comes down to Patrick Mahomes, Michael Carter, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Trey Lance. So who do you have in this situation? Who would you pick? And Mooney. I didn't say Mooney. Um, I don't like McLaurin. McLaurin? Um, You don't like McLaurin? I know that would be the most common sense one. I personally wouldn't keep him just because I think he's just never elevated to that level. Um, You know, this year, this year he was, you know, wide receiver 25. So... I guess you still keep him for an eighth rounder. Um, but I would rather, I personally would rather take the risk on Mooney. Um, mm, interesting. Just because, like, he might pop. Like, I think Clorin has shown he's going to be injured a lot. Um, I don't like his QB situation. Um, I don't, I also think this is like, I, I, so part of the reason I thought they held back on announcing the commander's name was, the NFL was like literally saying like, you guys can't name a, 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 your team because we might have to kick Dan, Daniel Snyder out of this. And now that there's like, as soon as they announce the team, there's a new investigation to something else he did. And I just wonder if this season will be another one of those where it's just like, it's just a fire in the building. And, you know, you you just don't want fantasy value around there. Like we, we talked about last week or last time we did it where it's like, all the good fantasy players are on good teams, and I I just don't think the Commanders are going to be a good football team. So I would go Mooney, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. Great. So this is kind of like going back into our other segment, right? Um, which is, I think that there's going to be a trade to get a quarterback in Washington, um, and who that you know, uh, Cousins is one of those names, right? So if Cousins goes to uh, the commanders, um, then maybe McLaurin elevates past Mooney just because of the volume. Um, And so I I still have Mahomes, Jefferson, McLaurin uh, with honorable mention of Trey Lance because if they do ship out um, Jimmy G, kind of going back into our other segment, and Lance is the declared the starting quarterback. Um, having your in, in this league, we've, we talk about it all the time having, you know, 
uh, Mahomes and Trey Lance set, I think is is a pretty good starting point. Uh, so but he doesn't uh, have a first round pick, remember? So like, yeah. He, so he basically yeah, he, he would have a second and a and a fourth, and probably and have to go find a third. Um, a third to keep both those. So that's why I. I'm I'm sticking with Mahomes, Jefferson, and McLaurin, and, and him just running it back. Um, and then, kind of, my honorable mention was Trey Lance. But yeah, so I mean, that's th- our first difference. Yeah, I think, um, and we'll go with McLaurin. Like, we'll try to just have a definitive list, and like, mm-hmm. if it's tiebreaker, like I kind of know that McLaurin's probably the technically the better answer. I just I wouldn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think also. Because when we talked about Henry's team, I think this will be very true, is Matt now having a first-rounder. He has enough of his other assets. It's not quite like this. But you also want to, when you're doing keepers, pick guys you can trade for a lot. And, you know, that's the question about Trey Lance. Do you just, like, do you just go, like, screw it? I'll, I won't have a lot of high picks. But if I'm not, if I'm, like, one and four at the end of September, I can trade Trey Lance for a boatload. Mm-hmm. he'll be keepable um but also like trey lance or you know let, we'll do it here because i'm in the same position with kyler um i think this is the point in time where you could probably reach out to matt and you can definitely reach out to me about kyler because like yes they they are still extremely valuable those two guys were in the third round and they're gonna be top three quarterbacks most weeks they play um but it's not so absurd anymore. It's 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 like you you come at me with like a first round pick and something else or more. I don't know. I don't know what the number would be, but it's it's actually something we could discuss. Like when I had Kyler for fifth rounder, it wasn't reasonable to discuss. But now uh, somebody like you, somebody like Brian, who has extra draft equity, and you're like, well, let me let me just knock out one of my needs before draft day and have a top three quarterback per week. Um, and just go that way yeah so he could do that and just start rebuilding that way or Uh, trey lance too yeah yeah i think that you know with here we're mentioning like anytime that like i say honorable mention or we we list four or five guys anyone who were like hey we don't really see a strong case for um keepers like that's maybe indication that those two teams should talk um if you know if they feel the same way we do because you know setting up your keepers like setting a good base um or maybe like getting draft picks back uh to fill if you have extra keepers uh to kind of bolster your draft might be a good strategy instead of just letting those keepers go back into the back into the gen pop um all right on to frank all right let me get his team pulled up here the the names are always so complicated to figure out um who's who okay so frank could keep joe burrow uh for a third yep uh devin singletary for a ninth which is much more interesting with the way the season ended austin Eckler, who's obviously going to be kept uh for an 11th uh, Nine Adams Lockett is a, a seventh round keeper. Renfo, I think ADP plus three. Yes. Uh, Knox ADP plus three. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Christian Kirk, uh, ADP plus three. Marquise Brown, that was a great pick. Uh, uh, seventh rounder, um, Kirk Cousins. Third rounder, uh, Devante Freeman, ADP plus three. Tony Pollard, um, a 12th round keeper. That's interesting. Gage, uh, ADP plus three. Eskridge. Wayne Eskridge. ADP plus three. Gusecki and Gusecki. Vikings. Is he good? He's he okay. a sixth rounder. Um, and then Vikings. Um, yeah, so why don't you uh, start with your thoughts? You, well, I, again, I think that, he's got plenty of choices like he did last year. So Eckler, I think, is a no-brainer mm-hmm. uh, for an 11th. Uh, I like Lockett still as a seventh round. And... Um, you know, it's, it's for the most part, I think that we're going to be agree on two of them. And then the third one, we're going to be like, man, eh. uh, and my third one here is Burrow. I think that Burrow in the third, um, keeping him and again, just having a good quarterback. Uh, and he may not end up even being your uh, quarterback one. You may be able to go get a, a, a stronger one, maybe a m- more mobile quarterback. But, uh, yeah, so those are my three. Eckler in the 11th, Lockett in the 7th, Burrow in the 3rd, which would then leave him with no 1st, a 2nd, and a 4th. Kind of, I'm just breaking out the 1st, 4 rounds. Uh, I actually don't disagree with you. Um, hey, all right. I mean, I mean, single, I mean, you know, this, this, is, this is what I was talking about. Like, Singletary could be great. Like, not great, but could be a great mm-hmm. value at that price. Like, he could deliver more value than Burrow. But, you know, I got, you know, I got the hot and bothered for Burrow watching him in the playoffs. I'm like, maybe he's, maybe he's my second round pick um, if he's yeah. there. Yeah. Um, like, I'll just be like, yeah, let me, let me just roll with him. Like, it's not, he's not the profile I usually like in the second round, but I don't know. Maybe he is magic. Maybe he is a, a, a player like that. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would roll that same, like, Eckler and, I mean, Lockett. Lockett's tough. Like, I think I think maybe Knox. Yeah, yeah, that's who I thought. Because like ADP plus three, and if like they did, they showed a chemistry. Um, I mean, they even threw, they even like had that trick play where he was in uh, Buffalo and he had a broken hand and he threw it to Josh Allen. So like, they like Knox being involved with stuff. So, um, versus the up and down a Lockett slash if if uh, Russell Wilson gets traded, but. Um, That'd be the only slight thing, but I, I think Lockett technically probably gets the edge, so I would I also go Lockett, uh, Eckler, and uh, Burrow. Yeah, and, I, and I'm actually, I just think that that's a good, you know, I tend to like having, um, you know, in my in my picks or my predictions, and then also personally, um, one in each position sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like, so it so I'm not like depleted in one position and like my strategy is really obvious going into a draft. Like if I don't have any quarterbacks or I don't have any running backs, like it's probably where I'm going in the first round. Right. So um, him walking away with, or entering the draft with a running back, a wide receiver quarterback, I think is, is why I, I put in Burrow. Uh, all right. So on to, Mike. The, on to Mike. So, I mean, I think we know the three guys who are in question, but 
well, four guys. But yeah, there's a couple. He has to make a he has to make a trade this year. Yeah, um, absolutely. So Jalen Hurts for I think uh, yeah he'll be 14th. a fourteenth. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a, no. a second rounder. Uh, Dalvin Cook can't be kept. Jamar Chase I think is a six rounder. Correct. Yep, that's correct. Uh, Duke or Deontay Johnson. I mean, well, second rounder now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Lazard, I don't think he had him by time, and it doesn't really matter because he's Alan Lazard. Dallas Goddard never really paid off, uh, but a 12th rounder. Um, Jarvis Landry, who's like trying to get out of there. Tyler Hunt. Deshaun Watson, the big guy in question. The ninth, he'll be kept for a ninth. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he'll be kept for a fifth. Like, he's another guy exactly in the Kyler. Not exactly, because he's still in that fifth round, but like yeah, you could yeah. probably start talking to him and get the best value. Like, like if I was you or Brian, I would definitely just say like, if I gave you a first rounder and a third rounder, would you give me Lamar Jackson? Um, that's the type of package I'd be looking at if I was Mike. Uh, Garmin to Davis Mills, um, ADP plus three. Oh wait, no, he was kept after James Connor, mm-hmm. um, a seventh rounder. Um, Alex Manson, we won't worry about him. Devon Peoples and Noah Fan. So, so it's 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 five players, right? Let's let's break it down before we make our predictions. It's five players. It's the three QBs. Um, it's Jamar Chase, and it's James Conner if he stays in Arizona. Yep. And I think what I would do. I think I would keep Watson and Jackson, and Chase. And just go to somebody because, like, you're not going to get the most for Jalen Hurts, but you also have the stability of like Deshaun Watson's going to be a good quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think Jalen Hurts has a job in two years. But um, if I'm again somebody with draft equity like you, if I gave a third rounder for Hurts this year, and then he's one of my keepers, and you can keep him until he doesn't play, but until he doesn't play, he'll be a, a great fantasy player. Uh, and then James Conner is just like, you would just go to a team like, may, like maybe it's like Matt, where it's like, I don't love Terry McLaurin or, or Darnell Mooney. Can I give you like a, a 11th rounder for James Conner? Or maybe that's what I do if, if Eli Mitchell, if, if Saquon ends up on the 49ers, I may go like, well, I don't want Eli Mitchell. Let me see if I can give Mike an 11th rounder for Conner. Yeah. So... Um... I have him keeping Chase, Watson, and Hertz, and shipping uh, Jackson. Like I, I, I think that uh, it's about like I think you're right that probably he can get the most value in shipping Jackson, um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I wonder like if he throws back watson right um watson oh, is out. is out right so um i guess he could still trade watson technically yeah uh, it's totally, you know, totally the, fine. The, the intention of the rule is and this has always been my position because i've dealt with this forever with ben rossberger is like i would i always felt i was a disadvantage when like it was a real draft in the like ninth round I would refuse to take Ben Rosberg and other people would take him. And in our league, it's like the third round. Um, yes. So like, if you have a managing, like 
Watson's not a advantage to Mike right now. But if he goes back in the pool, he's an advantage to the people behind me if I chose not to choose Watson. Um, so, I like, that's, that's the philosophical. That's why, like, if you trade him, that's still fine. If people want to trade for him and give assets, that's fine. Um, but, yeah. So, I think that the reason that I have him keeping Watson and Hertz is that he can, uh, is that, yeah, he can get the most out of, um, uh, Jack for Jackson. And so he might be able to find a suitor for that. Um, and I like, and I just don't see him throwing back Watson into the pool. Um, and of course you got to keep the chase. So, uh, we, we differ there, but, uh, on Hertz and Jackson, but that's about it. Yeah. I just, I just think, I just think Hertz might not be starting by the middle of the season. Like, that's why it's like it's kind of worth the third rounder to get him, um, hmm. but I I think like I I really think Minshew like if they don't draft anybody this year I think they could just be like Hertz is so terrible because you know he he affected Devonte Smith's growth um, you know and Jalen Rager like they have two first round picks back to back years and they're blaming these wide receivers for not being great but it's just like you choose a guy who wasn't a good enough quarterback to play quarterback in college. Like, you know, he's, it's fine, but like, it's just like, you really do have to wonder if Minshew would get more out of those guys in the middle of the season. And like, they're just like, we're sick of watching these terrible throws. Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, it's, it's who's willing to trade away, give Mike a third rounder for Hertz right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get get that um because of the very reason that you just said like if you're drafting a quarterback in the third round if that was your plan you're uh thinking barring injury that that at least is going to be the starter throughout the season i don't know if there's a quarterback that was drafted in our third round last year uh that was ever in threat of losing their job <clears throat> because Trey lance was drafted 401 Right. He was drafted 401, but as a, like, a kind of dart throw hope, right? Yeah. Like, not not as, like, oh, I know you're my starting quarterback. Uh, and, like, who was drafted in the third round last year? It's, like, Stafford was in the second. Burrow was in the fourth. Um, Let me see. So, I... I think that there was a big run on a different, like maybe wide receivers or something in that. So third round. Oh, nope. I don't know if there was a quarterback draft. Okay. So third round, starting from the top. Josh Jacob, Gus Edwards, Robert Woods, Antonio Gibson was a keeper. Yeah. Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, Mike Davis, DJ Moore, Trevor Lawrence, Deontay Johnson, Kyle Pitts. I guess Trevor Lawrence was the only quarterback there that was drafted. And he's not going to, he's going to start every week at least. So um, I don't know if, I don't know if Mike can get that, but maybe, you know, I I don't see him doing three quarterbacks this year because Chase is so valuable. So he's going to have to get something or throw somebody back. Um, So I imagine that he'll go fishing and uh, like the thing that will be the most tempting to him is what he could get for Jackson. Um, 
So that's where I have it. All right, let's do the champ. Um, I think this but is... It, the nice thing is it's setting up nicely. Like, like a even if it is a fifth, he's going to, like a fifth, a ninth, and a sixth, and he has all his, like, all his uh, high high round picks still. Yeah. He and, lose you know, two of those guys, if healthy, um, you know, they're top five in their position. Watson and Jackson will be top five in their position. I mean, there's a chance there's some regression for Jamar Chase. Like, I'd like to see it for the second season, but. Um, yeah, I doubt it. He's still so this 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 will be the this will be a fun one. I I know you're going to disagree with this one. Uh, so okay. we're on to Henry. Okay, so Josh Allen will be uh, kept for an eighth rounder. Uh, Boston Scott. No. So Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be a twelfth round keeper. Cooper would be, I think, a second rounder, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or third rounder. He took uh, him fourth. Uh, oh, Pittman. Cooper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pittman would be a seventh rounder. Cup would be a second rounder. Uh, Kelsey, no. Penny, nope, because he got him after. Fields, uh, what is he? A third Fourth. rounder. Yep. Derrick Henry, a first rounder. Cordero Patterson, ADP plus three. Dobbins, that's probably the one you're going to pick. 15th rounder. Um,. Who's this? Demarius Thomas? No. Oh, right. Never mind. Uh, when are you ADP plus three, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Brian beat me out for him. Gabriel Davis after the fact. Uh, Hunter Henry, I think, after the fact. Yeah. Um, Are right, you want to hear mine? Sure. I have him keeping Allen, Henry, and Cooper Cup. Oh, then never mind. We're not going to disagree on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, with... I thought you would want one of those like Michael Pittman or Damian Harris or uh, who's the other guy? Dobbins. One of their guys um, like really late. Dobbins. Patterson, but oh. Wait, what's, who'd you say? Uh, Dobbins, because he's oh, got him so late. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I've kind of come around to your philosophy of like get studs, you know, and then build from there. And like he won the championship on the backs, of, you know, not on the backs of these guys with these guys on his uh, roster. Um, so why not? Why not use that as your base to start building from? Uh, and then he's got all these other like tasty little morsels that he can go and like build out the, the middle of his draft and get extra picks for, for those that may like, who may want to roll the dice on a, on a Dobbins or may want to roll the dice on a Pittman, you know, who don't have that strong of depth at keeper. Um, so, or Damian Harris or something like that. Right. So he can get something late or like late mid rounds, something like that. So, uh, you know, it would put his first pick in the third round, but when you're say your first two, first three rounds, you're walking away with Alan Henry Cooper and blank maybe your second quarterback, you're good. <laughs> like you're you're going to have a really good base to build. They were, they were all number one points per game players um, yes. in their positions. Like, and so like why? substantially. Yeah. So why, why? And the only thing that, um, you know, I guess you could move off of, you know, you, you could move off of Henry or Cooper cup 
if you got a boatload back and you were and he was really high on somebody else um again i mean that's the type of that'd be a position where like you or brian can come in and say like i'll give you a fourth for henry because you guys have extra first round picks and like you just know like and you guys automatically will have your last first round pick be derrick henry which seems crazy um so like i think that's somewhat of a possibility and uh, that could also happen with Cooper Cup with like somebody who has a late second rounder, um, but I do think you know they're, they're also that thing what I was talking about earlier where it's like as long if if Henry's season goes sideways and one of those guys is healthy and maybe the other guy isn't and they're performing like they were you're gonna get a boatload you're gonna get a first mm-hmm. and a fourth for mm-hmm. like a dominant Derrick Henry or a dominant Cooper Cup so yeah. I think that's the choice because, like, again, he's in a, he's a little behind the eight ball with all this stuff, but he's a smart manager, so he can make up the difference. And six teams make the playoffs, and if you have Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry healthy by the time playoffs start, you're going to be in the yeah. top three, I think, unless something changes. Yeah, and, and I think if you, if those two just stay healthy with Allen's, you know, if those three stay healthy. Um, you know, you're making the, the top six most likely. So um, that's why, like I said, like, yeah, like I said, you've uh, kind of convinced me, um, you know, keeping studs is, or getting studs uh, is more important than necessarily having like, you know, perceived value uh, with like double digit keepers. You know, and and, and keeper like, keepers. and I think we talked about it last episode, but like Henry's smart enough to know to like, make the moves where it's like Cooper Cup, like if, if he does go with a late first rounder to keep Henry at the latest possible time, he could move a couple picks and get a third or a second rounder that's late in the ramp, the, the mm-hmm. draft. So it's like either he moves back to the second to get more picks or he moves up. Like he gives like, I don't remember what I offered him, but I offered him my, uh, my two, 2.24 theoretically if i decide to go 101 um for his like three one or three two or three three whatever he ends up with um and like just a middle round pick to move up three or four spots because uh you know that's that's the type of that's the advantage of being super active and being thoughtful through this is like those small little moves make a big difference because if you don't have to keep cooper cup so theoretically if you're for if you trade up with me you have Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, and then you have the 14th or 15th player drafted in our team in our league. Which, you know, that's you know Tom Brady was the 13th, and he was the number two quarterback points per game I think this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you're really you can get a dominant player there, and like you're really doing well. Like maybe that's where maybe he takes Master Stafford there. Maybe Stafford goes there, and you're like that's a great value, or he takes rogers or that type of player there and you or russell wilson or something like that and you really just you're good you got four um all right so let's move on uh and you're up next mm-hmm. um why don't you present your team great so let me just pull it up here uh so i could keep 
Uh, <laughs> let me let me just copy out this. So when we were doing this, you know, the prep for this, I was going through everybody's teams and just like looking them over and seeing where they drafted them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then I got to my team and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is so depressing. Uh, so let me just read off my final roster. Um, Drew Locke, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, OBJ, <laughs> Braxton Berrios, Marvin Jones, Jared Kick, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Cortland Sutton, uh, Mike Glennon, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Jordan Love, some guy named Jefferson as <laughs> a running back for Detroit, Cole Beasley, Michael Thomas, and Cam Akers. Um, so now that uh, we've uh, all vomited in the back of our throats, uh, let's, uh, Avon, who do you, who do you think I am keeping or should keep? Uh, hold on one second. Um, sorry, I'm just thinking about <laughs> so how we bad. have to really make the penalty for tanking worse. Um, oh my god, it's, that's such a bad team. I mean, they're about to kick the Dolphins owner out for what you just did this year. Um, sorry, I got lost for a second. Uh, I mean, you're keeping Chubb. That's not really yes. a question. Yes. Um, and I think you should start talking to people. Yeah. I know you want to keep Jordan Love, but that won't make sense this year. Um, you think because you think that Rogers stays? I think Rogers stays, and I also just I don't. I'm I'm really more coming to this like. You know. These middle tier QBs are. I don't know if they're worth it. Like a Derek Carr, like they're just they let you down from week to week. So like mm-hmm. I would rather. I would rather, if I was you, uh, I would rather go to Mike and say, give me a price for James, Con- like after Connor resigns and stuff like that, give me a price for Jalen Hurts and, and James Connor, or give me a price for Lamar Jackson and James Connor. And, uh, you know, then you lock up your running back room, which is great, especially in our league, because then you, you have two. Not, neither one will be top five, but you have two guys who will be definitely top 24 every week. And, you know, you know this might be where you want to blow that first-round pick and, like, a third-round pick to get Lamar Jackson because then you can keep him for the next four years and you have an elite player at that position. Um, I mean, you can keep Michael Thomas, but, like, who's his QB? Is Dennis Allen going to have the offense really ripping well, like Michael Thomas, yeah. you know, the I think Drew Brees made Michael Thomas in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not saying he can't be good, and I'm not saying if he gets traded to another team, he wouldn't be interesting, but, you know, maybe that's somebody who goes to New England and he succeeds instead of Calvin Ridley, but I wouldn't be overexcited. I, I would say you should start working the market because um, I wouldn't want Cam Akers or – Jordan Love or Michael Pittman, like it wouldn't make me feel like walking in the draft, like I can win the championship, even with the extra picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, per the rules of the of the game that we're playing, who are who are like in those parameters? Who are the three that you would keep? Um, Chubb, 
I don't even know who's eligible technically. I guess Thomas. Ugh. Settling Sutton's ADP plus three. No, you can't keep him. Uh, uh, I guess Cam Akers. I guess Cam Akers. Yeah, great. That's what I have. That's what I put. Um, is that you know the way the situation is right now, and the way you know who knows. I I hear what you're saying that I I should make moves, um, and now is the time to do that. Uh, but as the parameters of our game right now, uh, I do have Chubb 11th acres. I said probably around the seventh, you know, like he's probably a, a top. In, yeah, in something the, like that. Something like that, you know, like so in the fourth round. And then, plus he'll uh, be around back because ADP plus three and plus two three, yeah. is a little, yeah, it's a little further back. So, like, even if he's like a third rounder in regular league, he'll probably be in a fourth in eight in a two QB league. Right. So, um, and then Thomas in the ninth. Um, and like, the thing is, is that, uh, with those like draft picks, right. So like, as much as I'm like, Oh, like this would be something that's very interesting to talk about in the draft math thing to do. It's like, Oh, if you keep like, Oh, um, Mike keep, instead of like trading me pre uh, uh, keeper thing. So I have to use, you know, like my fifth round to keep Lamar Jackson, you keep Lamar Jackson and I'll give you two firsts after the, the keeper drip. Like, I wonder what that math is like. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So like, yeah. if I, I don't know how, like obviously there's a value jump if they're using one of their guys as a keeper. Um, but maybe but there's somebody specifically else. for Mike that wouldn't make sense. Maybe like somebody else who has other keepers, like... right, right, right. Because just Mike has five guys who have to go back in the pool if they don't get kept. So like he's gonna want to keep those. So I mean, I also I just don't. I think you're yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your point. No, I'm just saying that there might be that's things that I'm looking at as well. Like hey, if like what are the possibilities? There are like pre keeper things that then I would burn the keeper thing and and that like there's not as much value that that person could get compared to after the keeper selection, them burning their keeper, how much more should they expect to get after that? So anyway. So one, like, let's take a quick detour for a second. Um, I was thinking about when I went, I, I go for a walk um, most days for like an hour or so just to, cause I, I'm working from home and uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, oh, this is the first year. I don't think I know if I have a definitive rule change other than maybe finding a way to prevent the tank tanking we've had. Um, yeah, for but sure. I do. I wonder if maybe we can do something. I don't know how it's structured because in sleeper, we have our draft picks for three years out and uh, I don't want to trade those. Like, I think that would get ugly because I'm just always afraid if somebody bails out, like, what do you do? Um, but I'm wondering maybe once we get inside some landmark in our, our league setting history, league setting ruling that like, you know, Henry could then trade his first round pick for 2023 for something 
um, oh, this yeah, year yeah. before the draft. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I don't know how that would work. I don't know what the boundaries are, but that's just something, you know, this time of year, just like start poking around in my head and thinking about like, what does that look like? And is it like a week before keepers are due? And then like people can kind of make those trades to yeah. settle up. So maybe, maybe you're giving Mike two first rounders to get James Connor and Lamar Jackson. Cause again, Lamar Jackson is a crazy keeper value. So like it would definitely be worth two keepers. Um, so maybe it's like you give Mike one of your first rounders this year and then also your first rounder next year. So like, it helps you still try to win a championship this year. Doesn't hurt yep. you as much. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that would look like. It just just something yeah. popped in my head. Yeah, I think that's a <clears throat> a good discussion to have. It, it, it's the cool wrinkle that we could add to our league, and yeah, having some sort of like you know August first or whatever that you know what that's when you can trade, uh, start trading a year in advance. Uh, picks um uh, i'm sure there there'd be some chicanery uh, that would happen at some point uh but you know then you then you iron out that and figure it out but i I think that that is because it's also reflective of the nfl you can you know people or teams like don't trade more than i guess there's sometimes three years but it usually seems like two years in advance right so like this year and the following year is is you know the, of the trades have asked i think I, the rams can go have gone like three years in the future um, <laughs> yes right so i think that's probably the cutoff i mean you could probably technically do more because i know in the nba you can do it like a decade ahead but you can't do you can't trade in the nba you can't trade your first round pick back-to-back years um, interesting uh, i think that's just so because it there was a lot of ownership excuse me ownership turnover for a while so like it felt like that's probably not the best thing to do um but yeah uh all right so on to uh my brother brian um all right so mac jones for a fifth which you know if, if calvin ridley goes there it's a little bit more interesting uh alvin kamara for an eighth uh debo for a sixth uh tim patrick adp plus three nope sorry he was picked up after uh, Robbie Anderson, did he have him the whole year? Nope. Uh, Zach Ertz, who, I don't know. That's somebody, ADP plus three. Uh, George Kittle, who I think is past his prime, even though he finished fourth. Um, oh, I guess he can keep it for a fourth rounder. Maybe that's worth it. Uh, Taylor Heineke, no. Zach Wilson, he has for, he would have to keep him for a third, so no. Uh, Geo... Allen Robinson, Tyler Boyd, uh, uh, a 10th round keeper, uh, Mike Williams, uh, an 8th round keeper. Um, And those are the interesting ones. So who do you have him keeping? I have him keeping Kamara Mm -hmm. in the 7th, Debo in the 6th, and Kittle in the 4th. Yeah. I, you know, Kittle when healthy is pretty damn good. Um, and, but that's I mean, that's the thing, right? He's he's not. Yeah, he's rarely healthy. You lose some weeks for sure. And I, I that's like so like there's a different type of tiers of like when we're talking about studs. Like, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. The reason why Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry and, and Josh Allen are like a specific tier of guys is like they also play every week. I mean, Derrick Henry got hurt this year, but you know, in Derrick Henry's dominance the two years before that, he played every week. Um, so if you're going to blow a keeper selection on a player that like, even in his healthy seasons, he's hurt, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I would definitely, he'd be somebody again, if, if Mike is, uh, hasn't traded away yet, you know, maybe that's a James Connor destination. Like I would rather have James Connor in the seventh round than Kittle in the fourth, but, um, the only other player on this list that would make sense is either Ertz or Jones. And, you know, I don't see Jones getting, even if Calvin Ridley got there, is he a top 10 quarterback? Probably not. So yeah, I'll disagree. We'll just go with Kittle, but I don't like it. Yeah. I don't love it either. I mean, <clears throat> the, um, the Ertz thing, I, I think it's pretty dependent, right? Like who he ends up being, throwing who ends up throwing balls on if it's uh kind of murray like you know you could probably get him at a very high valley like pretty far back uh and he's you know doesn't really get injured um and proved to be especially in those you know uh later weeks a solid solid tight end in that system so um, also, it, it, it it's a question of does he still get all those end zone targets if Hopkins is healthy? Right, right. Um, um, yeah, so and I Debo just... and Debo is interesting to talk about just because. Oh gosh, he's so good. He was. This was a year that he hasn't had anything like this before. So it's year three. This is his he's third had year, right? Yeah. What this, this is, is third year. year right? yeah. So he had two seasons where he got hurt a lot. And yeah. he was good when he was on the field, but he also got hurt. And this year, he had still had those situations where he would get hit. He looked like he was like Bang out cold, and then he would be on play, field in two or three plays. So, um, if anybody was hot and bothered for Debo, and I w- I was the manager, I would definitely engage in conversations. Because um, yeah. it's not like it's not like a lock. You're like, oh, this guy. Him and Cooper Cup both dominated fantasy in a crazy way. The, you know, I think Cooper Cup will probably return eighty five percent of what he did last year. Mm-hmm. I feel Debo, the variance of that is, like, if I had to throw a number, it's probably closer to sixty five, just because I think he'll miss games and you won't get all that stuff. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think especially if um, if Brian is like high on Mac Jones, you know, that sort of thing where he's like, you know, I can, or I, I'm between these four guys. Right. And then maybe he can go and shop Debo. Cause uh, I think that there's value there, obviously good wide receiver, scary that he, he has a history of injury, but also value because he's in the sixth. So, um, okay. Next. On to Jay. Uh, okay. See, guys, it's okay that these are long in the offseason. You can take a break. They're not time sensitive. Um, you have two well, weeks to listen to this. The audio, uh, also warning, the audio quality will probably be a little degraded because I think we'll go over our 250 uh, megabyte limit or whatever whatever mm-hmm. our limit is, the 250. We'll do, we'll do, we'll break it down into two parts. So we can give it to you one week and 
<laughs> you'll get half of our breakdown of Brad's team and what keepers he should throw at. Uh, uh, okay, so okay, he can keep Baker for mm-hmm. a ninth, mm-hmm. uh, Swift for a third, uh, Ramondre for a twelfth. That's pretty good. Um, T. Higgins for a ninth. Uh, uh, Amon, Amon Ra ADP. Nope, never mind. Doesn't get to keep him. Uh, Devontae Smith for a fifth, right? Yeah, sixth. Uh, Mark Andrews for 11th. Uh, Jacoby Myers for something. Uh, seventh. Trevor Lawrence for a second. Nope. Um, Adam Thielen for uh, an 11th. I don't know. We don't need to. I think we're going to start moving through these faster. Uh, I, I assume it's going to be Thielen, Swift, and then either Stevenson or Baker, right? No, no. I, no? Have, I have Higgins, Andrews, and Thielen. You have Higgins and – so what did I say? You said Ramondre, Stevens, and Baker. Yeah, so it, it's Andrews. Andrews so for Andrews, 11th. Yeah. Thielen for an 11th and Higgins for a 9th is what I thought. Yeah, I would actually go Swift. Yeah, I, I see Or that. Stevenson, I don't know. It depends what camp looks like. like I think you could get the Damian Harris Damon Harris season from Ramondre Steven and it's whatever. But I mean Swift was dominant when he was out there. Um mm-hmm. he's just another question of healthy and like, you know, he's gonna be I mean the draft is gonna be so much different like this year, but next year when like you know, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are back in the pool and we won't have these guys like you know, Chubb's probably in his last year or two here. Um, yep, and Kamara's probably too. Like, there won't be these like drop offs. Like the the advantage will definitely be all of these uh, um, like ADP plus three guys picked up in the season. Like, it'll be interesting. Uh, so I think Swift would probably be a first round pick. So I think that's why I would slightly lean to Swift over Higgins. Mm-hmm. And who knows if um, if how dominant Jamar Chase is. Like, if Jamar Chase goes for, like, 1,800 yards, it's hard to imagine T. Higgins will have enough. Mm Mm-hmm. You could see that. I mean, the other thing, too, with Jay is he'll have two seconds. So you said Swift for a second. Is that right? Uh, Third. Oh, for a third. Uh, Drafted in the fourth round last year. Yeah, yeah. So that that could be – and he's he's pretty stacked with his draft capital, so he can – you know, uh, I, I I feel like Higgins probably would jump up to like a sixth round pick, something like that. So it's not that crazy, like way more value getting him in the ninth compared to where, you know, like Swift in the third compared to, you know, back end first, uh, top of the second. So, yeah, I, I'm like, I can kind of have it both ways on that. But I think that Andrews and Dillon, are, are pretty clear-cut. Cool. Um, all right. So next one is Ray. Uh, Sony Michelle for 11th. Chase Edmonds for, I think, 9th. Chase Edmonds for 9th. Uh, DJ Moore for a 2nd. 
So unless my trade happens, I don't think that's worth it. Jalen Waddle for a seventh. Uh, DK Metcalf for a first. Uh, Waller for uh, what, what? What was he drafted at? So an eighth. Eighth. Yep. Um. Did we already hit our number here? Uh. Uh. Tua for a fifth. Uh, James Robinson. I know he loves him. So tenth for a ninth. He's kept in the tenth. Oh, he's kept in the tenth. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's oh, and Kyle Pitts for a, uh, for a second. second so yes so waddle and uh waller yeah and then i i think probably two are right um yeah like i'm kind of in between robinson tua and sony um sony just, yeah never, i mean d- depending on what happens right in camp and uh, well he's a free agent right too Oh, is he? Oh, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, the New England traded him his last year. So I would probably say, I would probably say Tua. Uh, I think you got to give it one last chance here. Um, and you know, he would get draft like in our draft. He'd probably get drafted at the beginning of the fourth, um, maybe middle of the fourth. So you do, you still do get some value there. Um, and maybe he hits with the new. And you get that you get to keep that stack. So, yeah, I I had Waddle, Waller, and Tua. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's it. I but I wouldn't he, I wouldn't want James Robinson with uh, Doug Peterson fucking temperamental. But he he's someone that could go and maybe go get, you know, someone who has multiple keepers. If there's one that he really wants, um, he might be able to go and trade some draft capital. Uh, who someone who has three like four plus keepers uh he could go find a, a more solid third keeper cool all right ryan is next uh, i don't know where his team is okay um you want me to pull it sure great so ryan i'll i'll do like the the actual possible ones uh herbert in the fourth Aaron Jones in the sixth, AJ Dillon in uh, the seventh, um, Brandon Cooks in the eighth, uh, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, both. I think Keenan Allen would be a first, right? Yes. Uh, Stefan Diggs was in the first. Pat Fryermuth would be an ADP plus three. Uh, Barkley Burkhead, uh, Garoppolo, Goff, Howard. Shuba Hubbard, Chris Godwin, who was his pick from, his keeper from last year, he would use a sixth, uh, and that's about it. Um, those are kind of the hits, I guess Garoppolo and Goff, but they're that would be like fifth and sixth. So, um, I so. Oh wait, wait, Garoppolo would be a twelfth. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's interesting. So depending on the landing spot, it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so based on players not going to new teams yet, because I I think mm-hmm. Godwin will be defined by that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like specifically with Godwin with the injury, like so Godwin's probably with the injury is going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So like as good as he was the one year. 
I think I would still keep him just because I don't necessarily love all of his other ones. Like, you know, if Brandon Cooks lands on um, uh, uh, Las Vegas or he goes back to New England or something like that, I'd be all about that. Uh, um, that would be the keeper I would go with because I think Brandon Cooks – I mean, I would still – if I was actually Ryan, I'd probably still keep Brandon Cooks if he was on the Texans next year. Yep. Uh, yep. So, and then I think Aaron Jones is the keeper, but also, like, he'll probably get traded if Ryan's not in the playoff hunt to a playoff team because I think it's towards the end of his, his stint, and then Justin Herbert is looks like he's a stud for fantasy. Yep. So I have the same thing. I have uh, Herbert, Jones, and Cooks. Uh, I think that you know, the landing spot for Cooks and the landing spot for uh, Garoppolo and Godwin, right? So, like, Garoppolo in in the 12th that he would get him there, I think that that actually is pretty high value as long as it's a, you know, if he goes to, like, the Steelers, right, that, that could be a good, safe landing spot that, uh, you know, can produce QB2 uh productivity so uh definitely herbert and jones and then it would be between cooks garoppolo and godwin and at this point i'm saying cooks yeah yeah um uh, okay uh who's the, you're next right i'm the last one you are the lone person to do uh why don't you read yours off and then i will tell you who you should keep okay <laughs> Um, all right, so Kyler for a third, Elijah Mitchell, ADP plus three, uh, Jonathan Taylor for a first, AJ Brown for a first, uh, not eligible, I don't think also eligible, nope, uh, Gronk for um, a tenth, uh, Brady for a first, uh, Daniel Jones for a fifth, uh, Jerry Judy for a third, no, Kadarius Tony ADP plus three, and then, yeah, that's it. That's that's the only ones really worth conversating about. Conversating. So I'm going to say Kyler for a third, Taylor for a first, and Mitchell for an eighth, um, with like eighth question mark because i think that he'll you know i don't know where he'll be because the adp plus three right um with the caveat of depending on who the quarterback ends up being in denver uh i think that you could keep judy if your not so favorite quarterback ends up there oh that i now um <laughs> oh, okay great well no i just I, th- I think jerry judy has not shown himself to be a professional wide receiver like in either season he's just been so like he hasn't had like a game where he got like 14 targets and 180 yards like it's that's how i feel that's how you can tell like a quarterback a player who is limited by their quarterback it's like you know they have a, a couple games where it's like five catches for 40 yards but then they still have the dominant game jerry judy never had that like you know i you know i I wonder if they know something about him in Denver, and that's why they extended Tim Patrick and Cortland Sun. And they're like, "Oh, this guy, this guy isn't a pro. Like, he's just not going to be here." 
Um, before Brady retired, I was really contemplating Gronk would probably be a, a, a replacement if the Mitchell thing, because the Mitchell thing is all like, do they draft somebody? Do they bring in somebody? Like if they run back like Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon, it's like, oh, full go. But then Mitchell goes up to like a third rounder and I keep him for a sixth, which is fine. But um, that will be a draft season thing. So yeah, those, they're my main keepers. And, you know, I don't know if Daniel Jones would be somebody in there or I would go reach out to somebody like Mike and say like, what's James Conner cost or whatever. Yeah. All right. So we, we, we didn't have too many, it was pretty ob- more obvious this year with at least two of them. <clears throat> and then there's like a third question mark uh, with a couple of the teams, but it's, you know, obviously lots of, it's going to change over the next. Uh, yeah. The drafts. I mean, the draft, I mean, who knows? Like, like I said, they could, the 49ers could trade for Barkley and then that blows up my team. Um, there's a lot of situations that could blow up like fairly quickly, whether it's quarterbacks leaving teams, like, uh, if Russell Wilson gets traded, Tyler Lockett's not going to be a keeper. Uh, right. Exactly. So, so a couple interesting, you know, let's just talk about, um, you know, free agency starts March 16th. So it's not that far away in free agency. So we'll have some, some moves like we'll start to really hear, um, you know, I would imagine in two weeks' time, what uh, what's set up for the beginning of free agency. So as soon as that, you know, you know, as soon as free agency opens is when they can start announcing it. But you know, the backroom deals that have already happened will all come to light. So there's that's when that is, and then uh, March sixteenth, and then the NFL draft is shortly after at the beginning at the end of April. Uh, April 28th through the 30th. So, um, you know, we are almost full go into the uh, NFL offseason. And uh, I'm sure we'll have tons to talk about and how it will impact our league as we move forward. So anything before we sign off here, Eamon? So um, I will, there's going to be, if you're in here, you uh, either have listened to the first, however much time the first part of this podcast will be, which uh, Brad doesn't know about yet. Uh, I'm going to, I talked about uh, my mother and just kind of some stuff in there. So that'll be before the fun part. Uh, I just thought it was better place there, but, um, and I will have a link cause I, I don't actually know where it is right now, but I want to do some charity money raising for uh, dementia charity. And I thought what would be loved by this league is for every $10 donated, and you can do it as many times as you want, and as long as we have the podcast, you can do it as long as you want. You can make a point, and no matter what the point is, I will research and be on your side. What? <laughs> so, anything, like, I know, I, I feel Matt will definitely love doing this. Uh, you could, you can, if next year I go undefeated and I beat your team twice, you could say, I feel I was the best team in the league and I will have to research and make an argument why your team was the best. If you donate $10 to the link I send out later and yes, well, let me say this first. There are a handful of topics that are off limit. Obviously uh, we're a PG 13 ish <laughs> brand. Yes. Keep um, it league league centric, hopefully, or I guess and, maybe not. 
and there's Last some action just... hero is the best action movie in all time. Make, <laughs> make a Ford. Um, and then just also like there's just some stuff that's just like so morally against who I am. Um, those are probably pretty obvious, but also the stuff like Darren Rogers or Ben Roethlisberger stuff. Like I'm just I'm not gonna do that. But um, but letting you know, and you can every time you want me to do it, Ray. I if you want to donate ten dollars, I will make an argument and research how fantasy football is all luck. Ooh. End the debate. Um, and Eamon, uh, will you also, like, will you send that to me, that link? So I'll put it in the, uh, you know, the body of, or the, the message part. Yeah. Yeah. In, we'll we'll, we'll get that together. So you'll be able to get there. Get oh, there. I meant to, I meant, we were going to do this, but I, we forgot. Um, so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, February 23rd. Uh, it'll probably go out sometime over the weekend because it usually takes me a day or two because, like, Tonight I'm gonna go spend some time with my wife, and, uh, and then tomorrow I might start working on it. And then by the time I'm done, I publish it like Friday, and Bad puts it up for Saturday morning. So, um, but yeah, I'll have all that stuff, and that'll be all together when it goes out. And uh, you know, and like I said, it can go on forever as long as we have the podcast. And um, I will give it an honest try to be on your side. So you just have to send me uh, a receipt for ten. $10 or again, if you want to like, if you want to just like, like just bank some money, if you want to just like put a hundred dollars and say like, well, here's my first one. Uh, <laughs> then you, you can just pull up and say like, you know, you can pay ahead, uh, a prepaid, uh, you know, Amon's on my side or whatever we'll eventually call it. Yeah. I'll, I'll like maybe donate for every week and just be like, why am I going to win? And why am I going to win this matchup with my my Drew Lock, my <laughs> Braxton Berrios? Um, I think that's a great idea. Uh, cool, dude. Well, uh, all the best to you. All the best to the guys out there listening. Um, had a fun time with this one. Yeah, it was good. Uh, talk to you soon, guys. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Peace out.